Hi, everybody. This is Superintendent Diego Ochoa with the San Mateo Foster City School District. And I'm really, really super excited to be with you here today on the One SMFC podcast. This is, as you all know, this is our program where we sit down with all of the head honchos and the parents and our students and everybody who cares about this school district. And we basically we sit together and we talk about what's going on in our district. And today, I guess if if you were walking up to the movie theater, you would see on the marquee money for students. That is what we're talking. You guys can cheer for that, too. Yay. You can. Yay. Yes. We're going to tell what that story is all about. I am here with three of my colleagues from the district office, and I'm excited to have them. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves, starting with. Hi, everyone. My name is Aleida Barrera Cruz. I'm the director for multilingual services here in San Mateo Foster City. I'm Tiffany Canaris, and I'm the principal on special assignments for our before and after school program. And I'm Pam Barfield, director of curriculum and instruction. And, you know, you guys can't see them here because I'm in, obviously in the studio with them and you're not, but they're super excited to be on this podcast. They've been chatting about it all morning long and just, just super excited for this recording. Um, you know, just outside, the weather's like finally, tur- it's just gorgeous. It's super warm. I was out at Burrell Middle School today with the principal, Mrs. Nadi, and just got an opportunity to talk to kids out there and there's so much more just cheerful when the weather's nice. And I mean, that school has close to 900 kids and there were like, there were 850 kids playing at lunch. It was really something to see and and exciting to, to just see us be at this part of the year. Right. Mm -hmm. All of you worked in schools before Pam, you were principal over at George Hall Mm -hmm. elementary school and you've got kids in school and you, you know, talk a little bit to the parents about, this time of year as a, as a student and as an educator? You know, we're going into the spring season. Where, where are we headed at this time of the year? This is the time of year where kids are starting to look back at their school year and realize they're almost in that next grade. And they're, they've seen kind of the year's worth of work. Things are clicking for them. They're making a lot of understanding. I think teachers see that too. Uh, there's still, you know, we still have many months of school left, and we're excited about continuing to instruct and students continuing to learn. But there's that moment where, like, oh, they're getting it. And I feel like that's what the spring is good weather and knowledge. The weather turns. And then, Tiffany, you have these kids after school. You've got programs, you know, really all over town and um, serving a whole lot of kids in our after school programs. What do you see at this time of year? in that after-school program? Because I know this is kind of the time of year where people start to indicate that they want their kids again in the program next year, start thinking about signing up for next year, right? Yeah, with the good weather comes more outside time, more group games, more collaborative um, work. Um, And so that's what we kind of see at at the annex at this time of the year, looking forward to coming back um, again in the the fall with the good weather. I think it reminds them of, of that as well. In our profession, we have to be really focused on serving all the kids every day, but we also have to think about next year. We don't get like, there isn't like a two-month time where we just get to plan for next year. It happens while mm-hmm. we're doing everything we have to do for this year. So that's sort of interesting. And Aleda, you work in the Multilingual Learner Services Department. I know you all just did some work around reclassifying students um, going into this year. Talk to the parents just really briefly about reclassification and how do you feel about the district's outcomes in terms of getting kids reclassified as um, you know moving into their next school year 
Yeah, we feel amazing to be able to uh, reclassify close to 500 students this school year just that's, by the end of January. Of yes, yeah, that's a lot of kids. Yes, a lot of kids. Uh, you know, and a couple years ago, we were only able to get to about 90, and now we're up to 500 students. Yeah. So, of course, um, you know, as as we look back to all the work and the planning and preparation that we've been doing as a team, um, we see the results pay off, and we want to celebrate all of that. And we are so excited that we're just waiting for the next scores to come in to start the next cycle, and that would be before the school year ends again. And in your department, you know, so much of the focus is on how to get kids who need more more instruction and more support and give them more, just more advancement in their English language skills. And in, in Tiffany, in your department, it's about the service and it's about the program and the time and the quality. And, and Pam, you work really closely with all of our our school leaders and in our early literacy program and in our math uh, instructional program and that's those are like the biggest chunks of the day for a lot of kids is how they learn to read and how they learn math so just at this one table we have if you can think about it we have like not the whole district represented but like pretty close to the whole district being represented and and then I show up a couple of years ago and I say well we're gonna apply for a lot of grants so I'm sure some of you had to think, well, we don't <laughs> we don't really know what he means by that. Because, <laughs> you know, okay, that sounds interesting. Like, nobody's really going to be against getting more money for kids. Um, but we're really serious about bringing in resources for this district. And uh, our team, many of you sitting at this table, we've already written a grant and received $200,000 to be able to do more after-school programming uh, Tiffany, correct me if I'm wrong, but we put a program in place at Fiesta Gardens over, uh, I think we called it Turkey Camp, Turkey and we Camp. have another one coming up in March, right? March, and then we have three weeks in June as well. So we applied for $200,000 from the County of San Mateo, I'll just put a plug in, many thanks to the County of San Mateo, because this is this uh, funding is really helping us and is going to make programs possible for more kids. So we brought kids in to that event, the turkey camp. And Pam, you helped put that together. Talk a little bit about some of the fun stuff we did at that turkey camp. Turkey camp was a lot of fun. Um, and actually, we had pretty good weather that week, even though it was November, because we are in California. Um, some of the things that we did with turkey camp in those three days um, before Thanksgiving is we were really able to create um, what we're calling kind of the annex academic and enrichment camp. So we make sure there's some academic pieces. In the mornings, the students were um, focusing on literacy skills, some math skills. Um, and then we were also able to really bring in some STEM work. So we brought in some of our Legos. We work with um, another plug, Kitco, a, a local company that really, and Alita can talk a little bit more about them as well, but um, that really helps us with design thinking. So where students are going through projects. And we just touched upon it during that three days, but we're actually going to be working with that company again. In some ways, it was like our first test, right? We mm -hmm. we hadn't done something like this before where you said, all right, let's sit down and really think about how this eight hours could potentially infuse the reading, the math, mm -hmm. the STEM, the Legos. The I'm sure they did some outdoor play. I think I walked in one day, I saw somebody there doing like a presentation for the kids. We had somebody showing up, not necessarily a field trip, but sort of we brought the field trip experience mm -hmm. into the school. And Aleda, you... 
you were a part of that conversation too. Talk a little bit about your impressions about that turkey camp. Well, just based on the development and collaboration that Pam and Tiffany were doing, I think that it was an amazing opportunity for both the kids and the families to be able to see learning happening outside of the regular school year, regular content areas and extended across, you know, those break periods that we have as a district. I think it just supports learning and the learning continuum and allows kids to see themselves as long lifelong learners. So we basically were able to pay for all the program, all the staff salary, all the food, um, and we did it because we wrote this grant. The $200,000 is basically new money and additional money. And so while we were planning that event, the county put out another grant proposal. And so I picked up the phone and called the three of you and said, hey, I want to meet with you. We're going to apply for a new grant. When we put it together, we basically took a lot of the things that we included in the last grant and we just made it better. We deepened the work. We brought in Aleda, your perspective and your team's perspective. And now we think we're going to have a pretty cool summer program, a really extended and really powerful summer program. I want to push it over first to Tiffany about getting kids in in the summer. Talk about the importance of making time and having a space for kids to come in and get summer program, because I know we've done it some years through the after school program and other years not. So talk about that difference. I think the difference this year, we're really targeting students and looking at data and inviting students based um, on their academic data. And I think that's really important to give them that extended learning um, opportunity that they wouldn't have had previously. The way I like to say it is academic need, economic need. I want to help children who their folks don't have the resources at home to be able to pay for uh, you know, one of the cool camps we have is Galileo, but it's, it's expensive and it's transformative. It's amazing, but it's not accessible to a lot of students in the community because of the cost. This resolves that issue because now we're operating that program. Mm. And Pam, you put a lot of time in with Aleda. The two of you have started to think about this summer program. Give us a preview. What What's going to be kind of the, the the thing that we take away from this summer program that we're going to design together. Do you want me to go first? Go sure. I mean, I would classify it under like teachers, students, and just overall outcomes. So for um, the students, just like Tiffany was saying, we want to target a specific group of students who need this additional time and support. So we're targeting our rising third, fourth, and fifth grade students who are multilingual, who haven't had the opportunity to experience language in the same way. And so we want to give them a language experience. We want to ground them in our California Common Core standards for literacy, for English language development, and NGSS. And so that's going to be the fun part is that we are using a project-based learning approach to really... Hands-on. Hands-on. Yeah, yeah. very hands-on. Yeah, so... It's not going to be students sitting in a desk doing worksheets. No. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, <laughs> you know, learning academic language, experiencing science, uh, experiencing, you know, the content and the language at the same time. And really trying to get third, fourth, and fifth graders deeply involved in this and, you know, adding other grade levels as possible. Pam, what do you see happening this summer? I think that, um, you know, when you said earlier around 
when you came on, you said there's grants out there, we're going to get them. And, you know, we know they're out there, but you came in with a real focus, like we're, it's out there. We can bring this into our school district. And so this work is just really allowing us to extend these opportunities to families. Like you said, there's these, there are some great camps around here, but not everyone can access them. And that's what we're trying to shift. Students are going to not only you know, have opportunities to talk and learn and collaborate, but they're doing it with kids from other schools and other, um, and, and make new friends. It's what camp is. And I'm just excited that we can provide that for our students. And the plan for the summer is I don't want my students eating anything that's packaged or anything that was frozen. What do you guys think about that? It was a hit over turkey camp. It was. I yeah. mean, it was the highlight of, of the week, for sure. We, we didn't have a good plan for turkey camp, so we actually just bought food from IHOP, actually, if you can but believe you, it. And kids wanted to transfer to that school because they thought that was the right <laughs> yeah, They thought, they thought like, oh, this is what this school eats? We want to transfer here. I want to come here for the Rudy Tootie <laughs> Fresh and Fruity combo at Fiesta Gardens. Yes. Uh, no, I think, um, you know, I really see this district in five years having having fresh food, having, you know, food that's cooked by us and served to kids and, and food that's healthy and the kid to look down at their plate and see orange and yellow and green and, you know, red and, and not just a plate of beige or white food, you know, the, 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 you know, highly enriched foods and the sugary stuff. And, you know, when I go to a school and I see um, a five-year-old eating a chocolate bar in the morning, I feel kind of sad, actually. I feel like, no, we shouldn't be doing this. We should be serving that child a piece of toast and an apple, and you know, um, you know, some some uh, some um, food that's really gonna give them that nourishment. And I think we saw that during Turkey Camp. Kids were like, "Yeah, I feel excited." There was a lot of clean plates that that week. Um, we actually had some food service staff there who came away just like, "Wow, can you build us some kitchens so we can cook some food?" Um, and that that's way far down the line, but it's definitely part of this. I'm thinking about these camps, like Turkey Camp, and we have one coming up here in March. Did we decide, is it Sunshine Camp? What are we calling it? Do you all have a, is no, there an early favorite? You come up with the good names. I do like Sunshine Camp because I just think it's like, this is what's happening, guys. The sunshine is coming out. What do you think? That's it. Sunshine Camp. Yeah, so Sunshine Camp is coming up in a few weeks, and we're going to serve them fresh food there, and they're going to have Legos, and they're going to have... Is Kitco coming back? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, Kitco. So. Yeah. yeah, it's like mm -hmm. a, um, I guess it's like a hands-on, uh, student-directed kind of engineering, but with a little bit of, um, yeah, just like engineering, but group work, right? Like very language-based. Absolutely. It is when you see it live, and actually we had some extra components, and kids were like, can we please take those home? We want to keep building. So um, it's kids are building from the ground up. They create a design before they do it. There's actually some integration with robotics, and um, we can use computers yeah. to kind of help design and move them. And let me tell you why that's so important. We're specifically picking kids who are having a hard time reading. Like, if you're going to come to these programs, you you need academic help, and we're still giving them access to engineering. And what that tells a child is, I can do this down the line. I can, I can be a part of this. This isn't closed off to me. And I think that's a very powerful message to be sending the kids, and it's all, I think, attributes back to the way that our, just our system, our school board adopting a strategic plan that's so focused on achievement and closing that achievement gap. You know, this board adopted 
a strategic plan that says we're going to call out and try to close the achievement gap. And then getting down to equity being a major consideration and wellness. Talk about how these kids feel after a day at turkey camp. Like, there's smiles on those faces. There's like, there's a genuine sense of, I really want this. I really, this is really means something to me, right? I think I sent you pictures throughout Turkey Camp too, but Tiffany, right? We had kids not not only just with the food smiling, which they loved, obviously, but um, we had some fifth graders. I think it was like their first day, and it's harder for a fifth grader to go meet new kids sometimes. And when we brought the Legos out, you would have thought like it was they were back in kindergarten, friends, yeah. playing, talking with other kids, building stuff, wanting to show and share, like jumping up, like look what I made, and so. But, but that all, and I think what Alita was sharing before, opportunities to increase talk, talk about what they're doing, collaboration, thinking. And so I think, um, but lots, I know, lots and lots of smiles I saw. People wanting to come back. Yes. They were excited. Are you guys going to do this again? When I go into the annexes, I remember you from camp. Yeah, bigger and better. That's the plan. We have the team to do it. Thanks to the County of San Mateo, this year alone, $300,000 in additional grant funds to the district. And we know where this is headed. This is headed towards these very meaningful and strategic um, turkey camp, sunshine camp, summer camp um, programs that we think they're going to be around for a long time. And we certainly um, just thankful for this opportunity to be with the three of you um, and share this with our families on the One SMFC podcast.